The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the Thursday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, looking very dapper today. <laughs> Tammy, the underdog Underwood. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Having a good day so far? Yeah, you know, I got to see my favorite, my my biggest fans. So oh, yeah. I'm happy. Mertz is amazing, man. She is awesome. She's awesome. And she's awesome. always got a smile on her face. No, she's always been she a kind of reminds happy. me of Max. Always happy. Always, you know. <laughs> my drummer Max is fucking hilarious. I love Max. I know. I told him at the show, why are you always so smile, all smiling all the time? He goes, maybe it's because I'm so young. I said, shut up. Stop <laughs> 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 making me feel old. So, y'all gave me kind of a weird one for me to present today. His name is Carlton Michael Gary. Yeah, I, I picked this one because of his moniker for you. And I like that he's out of my home state, but yeah, we'll get to that. I didn't get to research it, but I picked that. I mean, because you know how I was uh, um, assigning him to each of us. Right, right. Well, yeah. his AKA is the Stocking Strangler and the Steakhouse Bandit. Okay, look, I don't approve of strangling anybody. However, I understand stealing some steaks. <laughs> I, I, Carlton, if you're still alive, and I don't know yet because I haven't even read through this. Yeah. I totally get you in robbing a steakhouse of, like, meat. Look, like that Denny's when those in Florida, or was it Florida or Ohio, where they broke in and cooked breakfast, left, came back, cooked breakfast again. Right. Well, they didn't even break in. The door was unlocked. That's they just true. They literally just walked in. And made themselves something to yeah, eat. And I couldn't even fault them for that because yeah. they walked in. It was just during the pandemic. They're looking around, thinking that it's open. Yeah. And they're like, hey, nobody's here. You know what? Let's go make some breakfast. They made themselves some eggs. Yeah. You know, and then they took off and they said, hey, I'm still kind of hungry. Yeah. And then went back and made some more. I don't fault them. You know what? Denny's, you guys, you owe them money. Yeah, no, we, did we tell them that? It's like, you yeah. know, and then we told them to contact us and we sent them a gift card. I really would. Seriously. I if know. those two contacted either Brutal Nation or the Scotty and Squasher, I will, I'll send them a gift card and I, I'm not going to report you or nothing like that. No, we don't care. Yeah. If you can verify We're the story, <laughs> I will straight up send you a gift card. Yeah. <laughs> because We're not Denny's. It's yeah. not. It's, it's just not right. It's not right. Well, especially when they advertise open twenty four hours. Right, and I'm thinking, and then the door is unlocked and not a sign saying, "Hey, we're closed during these hours for the pandemic." Right, and that that would be acceptable if they legit yeah. broke broke in. I'd be like, "Oh man, okay, no, that like, you owe them some money." But instead, Denny's was open like they said they were. Yeah, they literally opened the door, went inside, going, "I'm kind of hungry." Look at, hey. Yeah, because it's no not even like they here. went through the back door. They did go through the front door. Yeah, they went right through the front door. Yeah. They were looking to eat. <laughs> That's right. Maybe Gary Carlton, you know, I, I always want to do the dance now. <laughs> Carlton Michael Gary was hungry too. That's what I'm thinking. Let's find out about him. All right. All right. So Carl Columbus, by the way. It's just south of Dalton. Okay, where's Dalton, by the way? Dalton's on the uh, uh, Tennessee border on 75. So if you go out of Atlanta and you start heading north in about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, you're going to hit Dalton, Georgia. And uh, Dalton is the carpet capital of the United States. That's where, like, oh, shaw carpeting is. is and things like that. So it's, it's like, because you got Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, right? Correct. Okay. Because I'm not very good at geometry. I'm not going to lie. You mean geography? I I'm meant geography. <laughs> geography. You <laughs> said, you, you said geometry. I, I know what geology. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of those. We're just batting a thousand no, today, aren't we? I am, I'm like... 
Okay, because, I mean, my brother and sister make fun of me because they keep saying I should be, not only was I on the short bus, I was on the special bus. That's what they said. I said, well, which one of us three has the genius IQ? <laughs> and they're like, so you say, I said, uh, no, my court records say I do. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, so we were talking about that. I go, but I, there are still some things that I literally don't know. I'm full of useless trivia, all of it. But I do not know my geography so much. Oh, man, I do. Like, every time on Jeopardy, anytime a thing has to do with Africa, I always say Zimbabwe. Doesn't matter where they say it is. Oh, believe me. I just did a, uh, one of our videos for uh, the, the Swango oh, video. Oh, Michael Swango, where I kept saying Zimbabwe. And now you even said, this is my favorite thing to say. I'm so that glad I get to say Zimbabwe. <laughs> it is my It's my favorite word. Oh, man. Okay, so. Carlton was born on September 24th of 1950 in Columbus, Ohio. Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Georgia. I'm sorry. I just I, I shake my head. <laughs> that was funny. Any time that anybody is from. Is it because you put your ice cream cone in your back pocket? Hey, hey, that's a crime. <laughs> I can't admit to that. <laughs> I plead the Fifth Amendment on that. But I'll tell you what. You can smack the shit out of your old lady on the course house steps on a Sunday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My sister did not, because you know my sister lives in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and you and I were joking about that on the phone. Right, she right. Goes, it is not illegal to mispronounce Arkansas in Arkansas. I said, yes, it is. Look it up. And so she did. She goes, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. I said, so Scott and I are going to go there and get arrested. Oh, I know I am, because I'm an <laughs> asshole. So check this out. His father was a construction worker, not with, like, the village people or anything, like a real construction no, worker. No, he wasn't with the YMCA. Right. Uh, who wanted absolutely nothing to do with him and wow. denied any financial responsibility. So basically, he's looking going, yeah, okay, you know what, Carlton? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Don't want nothing to do with you. Which- oh, my God. Well, and you know, I don't want to give a lot away, but he is an African-American male. Oh, I, well, that makes and sense. And you know, I mean, I know you make fun of me, but that's exactly what Tupac's dad do, did to him. I see now. His real dad. jacked up, man. In, yeah. any, in any race. You just don't do that shit, Yeah. Man. Well, no, totally, totally. I mean, my son's dad did it to him, basically. Well, peep this, yo. Nothing to that. Okay. Carlton met his biological <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any comment because I didn't want you to keep going. <laughs> he met his bio dad only one time when he was like 12 years old. Wow. So Carlton's mom was extremely poor, and as a result, they were consistently and constantly moving. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he showed high, uh, signs of high intelligence, but we all know the brain needs food to thrive. And that's and, and Carlton really had any. And we've actually brought this up. Yeah, we have. I brought this up in meetings in the past before you joined my team. And I, I now bring it up again because it's going to come up in the yearly meeting. Anyways, this is why I tend to give sums of money to schools. Right. And I try to feed poor people without them ever knowing it comes from my company. It doesn't come from me. Right. You know, very anonymously because you can have a, an IQ that's off the charts. Right. But if you don't have food, your well, yeah. brain is going to neglect learning anything. Right, because all you can concentrate is that hunger. Right. It's fight. It's that fight or flight. Yeah. And now you're trying to fight for food. Well, I was gonna say, and didn't uh, doesn't the band? I mean, before the pandemic, put on shows with like block parties and shit. Yep, we've done yeah. several block parties. Uh, we did that actually right here. Here. Right here, we did one right here, uh, and we fed a lot of people. Wow, dude. Yep. Wow. I mean, like we we cordoned off, you know, a lot of areas that were just for the the bands that were performing because I also provided craft services to to them, right. which is no, different than it. the food we feed to the public because you know I had a like my bar where we we stocked every booth oh, that there yeah. was, Please. and for the public it was just hot dogs and people were like, wait a minute, you'll feed us for free? Yeah, come yeah, totally. come and eat. 
Yeah. You know, I had porta potties, the 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 whole shot. Oh wow, you had the whole shebang, huh? Oh yeah, and there were there were people that were literally they looked like they hadn't eaten in a while, and their kids. Oh yeah. And we fed everybody. Oh yeah, totally. Because I mean, my my theory is, and I'll jump back into this because I don't know how many fucking how many pages is this. That's not. It doesn't oh, look that's very only twelve. Long. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, I was raised poor and I went hungry a lot. Right. And now I I eat. And I don't think anybody, anybody should go hungry. I would not make my worst enemy go hungry. Right. That, but that's just the kind of person I am. That, that's my morals and my ethics. Well, no. And I mean, and like, it's, I mean, because like I said, you and I have so many similar backgrounds because of our shitty upbringing and our dysfunctional families. <laughs> right, right. But the only thing I am grateful for is that I lived on a working dairy farm with a grandpa who had a huge garden. Oh, sweet. So we didn't really need anything as far as food-wise except for our, you know, pantry items. Right. So I don't know what it's like to go hungry, but I do know what it's like to, like, be made fun of because my hand, my clothes are hand-sewn and, you know, not name brand. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So I remember like, times when I was first learning how to read, and right. I think my, my earliest memory of being super hungry and not being able to read, I was like six or seven years old, and I think I was... It was a thicker book, so it was it was maybe War and Peace or I I my dad taught At me six. Yeah, my dad. Well, my dad had me doing calculus oh, by know. the time I was ten. So my my dad, what well, before? Well, of course, he's dead now, but he he was a genius. Oh yeah, a super high IQ. Except he couldn't spell for shit. Was that because he didn't go very high in high school or school? Um, I think he graduated high school. I can't oh, okay. remember. He, he couldn't, his spelling was horrible, but his penmanship, perfect. Math, ho, ho, ho. Try to slip a math problem by, by I was going to say, what happened? Your penmanship sucks yeah, ass. My, well, that's because I used to have good penmanship, but I have nerve damage in my handshake. Okay, blame it on that. Yeah, that's what I blame it on now. But, um, but yeah, I remember trying to read a book. It was, like, it was, a, it was a thicker book, it was like over a thousand page book. Right. And not being able to absorb. right? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what I had just read. Right. Like I said, I was probably six or seven years old, and having to go back and read it two, three, four times, and my brain not absorbing the information I was just given. Right. No, I understand. And that's that's why I give a lot of anonymous money as much as I can to help out right. indigent families and things like that, because I believe that as a society, and then I'll get off my soapbox, <laughs> as a society, when you can give at least something Help out those who don't right. have it. And even if it's your worst enemy, guys, if they're hungry, feed them. Oh, yeah. not Feed them. Well, and, I mean, I've told you this. My mom raised us. I mean, because I knew that we were poor. I mean, we never wanted for food, but I knew that we were poor. And I remember times when she would go because they were doing a food drive at work or what, somebody came to the door, whatever, and she would give them a lot of stuff. And I'd go to her and say, Mom, but we don't have very much. And she goes, I know we're not going to starve, but I don't know that if I don't give them this, they won't. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. That's exactly it, you know. I, I and just, I think that's uh, why you're kind of in love with my mother, but yeah, whatever. Because your mom's hot, I'm telling you. You don't have, you don't know half the fantasies I have about your mom. No, you tell me. Well, that okay, and I'll, I'll admit how your mom gets me. Every time that I've seen her, she looks at me with those eyes, and she gets those, that longing look. <laughs> Whatever. It's because she looks at you thinking, "Do I know him?" <laughs> and then this last time at the show before she took off to Arkansas, 
She put my hand on her butt. She did not. She didn't put your hand on her boob. I was in front of you. No, I put my hand on her boob. But I digress. Um, I digress. (laughs) I digress. And, uh, but no, she's just, she's so sweet to me all the time. She is very, and the the sad part is, is I think that you're in love with her because she feeds that ew factor with you. I know. When you guys do that shit. It's like, because she knows purposely. She, and she has even said to my sister, I, I play along because I know it gets to her. And I'm like, I hate you both. It's freaking hilarious. Especially at the show when I put my arms around her. How's my future wife? She's like, I'm good, honey. <laughs> ah. Oh, my God. Okay, so we barely got into Carl. Know, let's right, let's knock this motherfucker out. Intelligence. Oh, yeah, but the brain needs food, like I said. That's what I explained my right. thing. And uh, so he was at times seen digging through garbage cans for food. Oh, yeah. Some sources say he was abused, but most have no mention of anything like that to have occurred. God, you know what? Already I'm... You know no, what? No matter I'm actually what he very did. sympathetic with him right now, too, because, I mean, even if his mother didn't physically abuse him... He probably felt neglect because he didn't have. Well, yeah. Well, especially when you're not eating, it's, it's right. easy for those the, the and depression to come And you see your friends on. eating. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. So, he frequently left with his uh, paternal aunt, Lillian Nesbitt, or material great aunt. Maternal. Maternal great aunt. I got that. Alma Williams. That is a black name, but I love for it. Reals. Like, that is a strong woman name y- right there. Yeah. Alma makes me think that she's like flexing and shit like that. And, oh, uh, totally. And like if somebody totally. said, well, you have to do this. Motherfucker, no, I don't. I'll whoop your ass. I'm like, yeah, get him, Alma. by the ear and whoop your ass with a belt on the way out the store. Oh, yeah. Dra- dragging a full-grown man back to his parents. <laughs> going, we're going to see your mama. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm 35 years old. I don't care how old you are, honey. That's right. I know Marvin's mom always told him she didn't care how old or how big he got. She would always whoop his ass. So he may have learned uh, contempt and developed a hatred for the elderly, rich, white women, though his experiences, uh, uh, through his experiences with his aunts, which is... Where did you hear white? I'm looking at it right now. Where? Oh, I see it now. Never mind. Feel better about yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I was like, I don't see the word white. Okay, go ahead. But because keep in mind, man, uh, the area, the area, and the time frame that uh, that these women grew up in the era, uh, and the location is where r- racism was rampant. You're talking right, the old right, South, right. well, not the old old South, but the 1950s South. Oh, yeah. This is before you know. Like, this is before the 60s and the civil rights movement. Right. This this is where like people would look at people and pardon the vernacular that I'm about ready to use but it is appropriately used. You know, uh, in the back of the bus, nigga, or hey, don't drink out of that drinking fountain. That's only for white people. Yeah. All that Negro. kind of fucking bullshit. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. Because I, I make racist jokes and and, uh, and Mertz and I have talked about that many times too because she's Mexican. However, I am far from racist. No. I think that you should just judge people for the assholes that they are. Yeah. Okay, so, Carlton didn't develop much of a bond with his mom, which is a shocker because I know a lot of black people, and most of them love their mom, <clears throat> aunt, or his great aunt. He returned to his mother's home to find the house completely empty. Oh, yeah. Okay? I believe it. This was after being shuffled around between, like I said, oh, his yeah. mom, his great aunt, and his aunt. Comes back to his mom's house, it's empty. His right. mother had moved to Gainesville without telling him a damn thing. Gainesville, Florida? Gainesville, Florida. Florida. There's a prison there. I know. 
between this and his father's, uh, you know, fucking absolute absence, he felt as though he did not have any parents, which uh, justifiably you know so, man. Him. Right now, I'm like, I actually kind of feel for him. Like, damn, this kid. So in elementary school, Colton suffered at least one serious head trauma during the a- uh, during an accident on the playground, which left him unconscious. unconscious. And as a teenager, he became a heavy drug user. So... Me and the researcher were actually talking about this specific part, and we talked about this earlier this week. We did. When people have severe brain injuries, mm-hmm. especially now that we know that he was unconscious. And that young, and where that your brain young. is still developing, and it doesn't have all the protection like our hard heads do now. Right, and, and you, would, you would think that it'd be the back of the head that's the most vulnerable. No. Because the front of your head is thicker, but uh-uh. the front of your head, where your frontal and prefrontal cortexes are... Uh, there, it's very vulnerable. It is, you know, and yeah. no. any damage to that will yeah. inhibit your impulse control and your cognitive reasoning abilities. Right, and I know it doesn't say what drugs she used, but in the fifties, it was probably LSD. No, nah, that was sixties, man. Cocaine, maybe, but well, I was saying like cross tops, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, maybe, 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 maybe. Okay, so. Between the ages of 14 and 18, he was arrested numerous times. The first time was for breaking into a car. Carlton also firebombed a grocery store because the owner had pressed charges against his mother for writing a bad check. Now, back... back, back I was gonna, no, I was going to say, back the fuck up, because if he's defending her, even after what she did, that says a lot for him, too. Right, it shows that he was trying to be... You know, well, yeah. It does and it doesn't. It, it shows that he's trying really hard for acceptance or doing something to be right. good in his mom's eyes. How he went about it, very wrong. But that exactly. tells me that's but a frontal and or prefrontal cortex damage because yeah. on and the surface. And the neglect on the childhood level, too. Well, on the surface, you're sitting there thinking, he pressed charges against my mom and I want to do something horrible. I'm going to bomb the place. But then oh, your yeah. cognitive reasoning and impulse control kicks yeah. in and goes, hey, I know you want to make this guy's life hell. Right. But if you do this, this is going to be the consequence. Right, because, I mean, firebombing somebody because your mom wrote a bad check and they press charges is like 10-year-old shit. Right. Or le- younger. Right, you exactly. Know? You know, And at the time, writing bad checks was a misdemeanor. True that. And it still is to this day, however, kind it's of. not pursued. Yeah. you got to write a lot of hot checks. Although I've seen some people, like, I mean, back in the day, you'd hear about people going to jail for like 30 days for writing a bad check. It's like, yeah. really? Writing hot, che- writing, hot, writing hot checks. That's why I don't carry a checkbook. <laughs> I have to. Anywho. Uh, Carton also I read that, damn it. Ha-ha. Uh, so he was also charged for robbery and assault. Oh, yeah. So this is between four, this is a four, uh, 14 to 18-year-old kid between those ages right there. And he's like, you know, being a menace of society. So during that time, he married a woman named Sheila. I like the name Sheila. Oh, okay. That's when you can yell. I like that. Sheila! Yeah, Stella! Or Adrian! (laughs) The legal age for a male to marry in the great state of Georgia is 17 years old, but only with parental consent. Uh... The need to feel any form of acceptance and escape from his life has likely played a large factor oh, yeah. in his decision to marry so young. Oh, of 
course it did. Yeah. Of course it did. That's why teenage girls have babies. Right. And that's that's exactly what me and the researcher were talking about with this one here is, you know, we she was pondering why he would marry so young without having any great prospects. Mm-hmm. Then I said, it's really easy. Number one, he's been rejected time and time again by his own family members. Especially women. Especially women. He wants to have that feeling of acceptance. Right. And he thinks he's going to get it. If he marries somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's desperation. Mm-hmm. So shortly after they were married, Car- Carlton was arrested. He escaped from jail and fled to Connecticut, where he called Sheila, and she came to join him. She said, yeah, baby, I'm on my way. You're got- my man. You're my man. You gave me a ring pop. <laughs> Let me grab my earrings and my Lee press on nails. <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> They lived a nomadic life together, traveling along the state's southern coast. So a new life for our buddy Carlton, right? All right. Let's go, Carlton. So in the beginning of the 70s, uh, of 1970, Carlton uh, in Bridgeport. I'm assuming that's Connecticut. Yeah, that's what I would think. You want to change <laughs> I'll that? I'll fix it. Carlton was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. He was in Bridgeport, Carlton. <laughs> yeah, that just made no sense. And he was arrested for assaulting a cop, which... On the on the on the level of do's and don'ts and smarts and dumb, yeah, that's kind of stupid. You don't, especially you're talking the seventies and you punched a cop, homie. Yeah, and you're an African American male. That's what I was gonna say. And you're an African American male. Mm-hmm. You just bought yourself a one way ticket to screwed. Yeah. No return trip. So the couple fled to Albany, New York. New York. That's upstate New York. New by York the way. City. Nope, that's not upstate. I know. Upstate's way different than I, NYC. I know, I've heard that it's like very, like, very affluent. And it's very beautiful. That's what I've heard. Yeah, um, and matter of fact, that's where Rochester, New York is, by the say, way. isn't that where the Adirondacks are or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. And the people up there are way different. Way different. I like upstate. I've anyway, never been there. Uh, with the goal of Carlton becoming a singer. Oh, he wanted to become a singer. Um. He did get gigs in various nightclubs, but soon he would fall back on his life of crime. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I'm surprised I have this much energy. I got to tell everybody before we started this episode right here. Um, I had to take my best friend to the airport, and I did that. I brought She's I, my best friend. You can't have her. I've known her for 30 <laughs> years. I don't care. She's only, she only talks to you now because she loves me. ha. <laughs> And on my way home, I was feeling blood sugary, and my blood sugar dropped, and I felt like shit. Like, I thought I was going to throw up. I know. So I come in, the first thing I tell uh, Squatch over here is, hey, do me a favor, man. I need you to make some sandwiches, and I need a regular Pepsi, not my diet Pepsi. So she brings that to me, which is awesome. And now my fucking energy is through the roof. Like, I'm ready to climb the walls. I know, I know. You're kind of like, yeah. You kind of are. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I... Lower myself? No, I'm just giving you the thumbs up. Oh, okay. It's all because of you. <laughs> Whatever, because the sandwich. I yep. I give I, I give Tammy the thumbs up because as I said before, uh, I thought you were telling me to raise my voice. No, <laughs> my no, no. Again. My life doesn't function without you. Oh, it does. It does, but it functions like shit. You take care of so much shit. I know. Okay, so I know you miss me. You know, we got to do the Scotty and Squatch show so we can actually talk about this shit. I know, right? Let's relaunch that motherfucker. All right, so sources do not, uh, don't say when Carlton and Sheila divorced, but they did have two kids at some point and, uh, in, a th- in about three years uh, that they were on the run. 
neither she nor the children are mentioned going forward. Uh, which implies he abandoned his kids in the same way his dad did. No, not necessarily. She could have left him over something and said, you're not going to see your kids again. That's a possibility, too. But, yeah. okay, let's be honest about our black friends. Well, no, I will give you that. But There's kind I of mean, a history. I know. No, I give you that. There is a long history. However, I mean, we don't know for sure, so it's not right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's totally speculation. Yeah. But it's an educated, speculative yeah. um, view. I mean, because I do know some African-American males that have really stepped up. No, I, I know so, I got a few black friends. Yeah. More than just my one. That, that more than just when, the one. Yeah. When, when they've had kids. Yeah. So, but with his dad abandoning him, having abandonment issues. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Anyways, in May of 70, an elderly woman named Marion Brewer was robbed and strangled with a pillowcase in her hotel room. Really? Dude, really? A pillowcase? With a freaking pillowcase? Oh, my God. Okay, already, Carlton? I don't like you because that's some bullshit. You uh, use your hands. Oh, you use bad. a stocking. You can use a ligature. A f- pillowcase? Dude. What the hell are you thinking? Anywho, two months later, 85-year-old former school teacher Nellie Farmer was robbed and strangled to death in her apartment. Ah, oh, he's hitting the people in my I was going to say, are, are you going to be okay, Scott? No. But you, were, you weren't even alive then, so it's Still, all good. This makes me think of the women in my dating pool are so vulnerable. There are already so few and far between. And your son won't get me dates where he works at the retirement home. I know, because he thinks you're sick. Like a bastard. <laughs> yes, you, Jay. You're a bastard. <laughs> not even hooking a brother up. So, Carlton broke into the home of Josephine Dietz. He grabbed her by the throat and slammed her onto the floor, grabbed her purse, and took off. He's like, adios, pichachos. Wow. I'm gone. Power to the brothers. Carlton was arrested four days later. He told officers his name was Carl Michaels. Hey, that, that's actually a smart move. Yeah. It's the 70s. You're going to buy yourself some time. Yeah, they, a little bit, yeah. And sometimes I've actually heard of cases where people, where, where they're looking for like, let's say his name is John Doe. Yeah. And they arrest him and go, oh, we got no idea. Okay, what's your name? Bill Harris. And yeah. they're like, hold on. They're like, We're, we need wants and warrants for Bill Harris. And they're like, um, there's none for that. Okay, Bill, look, you need to, like, knock your shit off and get out of here, right. okay? and this is before they had computer fingerprinting, too, so. Oh, yeah, now you, you're now, not. Yeah, now they just, like, tap your thumb and you're dead. Well, he kind of got screwed on this deal because his fingerprints matched one that was left at the scene of, of Nellie's murder. So they took him in, they incarcerated him, they actually took the time, because it was in the same area, to look through their files. Yeah. And uh, said, oh, we have a match, right? So Carlton admitted participating in the robbery, but he claims his partner in crime, John Lee Mitchell, had committed the actual murder. And according to Carlton... The reason the investigators didn't find John Lee's fingerprints at the scene was because he wore gloves. Okay. It sounds legit. We know we know that's probably not true, but dude, that is actually that sounds pretty legit. Look, I just read the next sentence and I'm actually kind of impressed a little bit here. Carlton provided investigators with a letter John Lee had allegedly written, and John Lee uh, written John Lee where he described the crime. Which allegedly written by John Lee. I yeah. didn't put that in there. They didn't put the bio. That's why I was <gasps> sorry. 
I knocked over my vape. It's all good. John Lee was charged with the murder despite any material evidence, and Carlton testified against him. Carlton avoided the murder charge and was uh, convicted of robbery, receiving stolen property and drug possession. He served the Onondaga? Onondaga. Okay, yeah, that was close. God damn. Correctional uh, Institution in Jamestown, New York. Jamesville. It's Jamestown, Jamesville. Look, I'm from the Bronx. If it's not from NYC, we don't even care. I'm anymore. surprised you didn't call it Jonestown, but go ahead. I almost did. John Lee was convicted of the murder, but after Carlton recanted his statement, his sentence was overturned by an appeal. Oh. So further investigation... Convinced officers John Lee had absolutely nothing to do with the murders. <laughs> yeah, I think they ought to have, you know, conducted a thorough investigation before convicting him and not after. What do you think about that? Yeah, right? Jesus Hello. Christ. Okay, here's another thing. It, it's not Rochester. <laughs> Albany, you're close to Rochester. You're not that far. Okay. Yeah, call you're, him up. You're like a stone's throw away. You get in your cars. Paddle your damn asses over to Rochester. <laughs> you talk to the boys over there because I hate to tell you this. At least in the seventies, you may be in you might be in better shape now. Um, at least they knew how to investigate. Yeah, Rochester. I still I love them, man. They are on it because they protect the hookers. They do, and it's not because I want hookers. It's just that nobody gives a shit about no, hookers except right. for like me and Rochester and me. You know, true, true, true. So. Carlton was paroled in 1975 and moved to Syracuse, New York, on December 31st of 1976. A 59-year-old woman was raped and choked with her pillowcase. What? But she survived. Thank okay, goodness. Good. Oh, Mabel. Ooh, I thought we lost you, baby. Ooh. Is that her name? No, oh. I don't know her name yet. <laughs> I was going to say, whoa. It just sounds like an old name. So yeah. four days later, on January 3rd of 77, Jean Frost... Uh, awoke to a man standing in her bedroom doorway. He jumped on top of her, lucky guy, and she tried to escape. Oh, damn, not lucky guy. The man told her she wouldn't, uh, she shouldn't have struggled, then ripped off part of her nightgown and shoved it down her throat. Oh, my gosh. He struck her repeatedly in the face, then strangled her with a scarf. She lost consciousness, but survived. Good. Okay, he's moved up to scarves. Now, granted, he's still attacking my dating pole. But at least he's not using a pillowcase. Wow. So that's a little bit of an evolution yeah. right there. And I'm kind of, okay, that's, that's better than the pillowcase. I'm just saying. Just leave the old ladies alone. Jesus Christ. Old ladies and hookers, leave them alone. So when she awoke, she became aware of a pulsating pain in her vagina. Jean was bleeding profusely, which prevented doctors from performing a rape test. Wow. As the crime occurred in the dark, neither of the surviving victims were able to identify Carlton positively. But Jean was certain her attacker was a black male with a mustache. A mustachioed man. Tall, dark, and mustachioed. Wow. The next day, Carlton, along with another man, was arrested at the Syracuse Bank when he tried to convert $191 worth of stolen coins. How'd they know they were taken? That's what I'm wondering. The f- okay. Like, these smell stolen. Oh, you know. got me. It's like they'd have to have serial numbers on every single coin. And who does that? There's no serial numbers on any coins, I don't think. Hang on. I got a coin right here. 
The, the coins had been taken from an apartment in the same building that Gene lived. He had Gene's gold watch in his possession. Carlton wasn't charged for any of these crimes, but was sent back to prison for violating his parole. Uh, You're right. There are no serial Yeah, I didn't think that there was. Unless Anyhow's, they were like, like collector coins. I gotta take something out. I'm sorry. Just bear with me. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't following along. So uh, anyway, for violating his parole and for the robbery, uh, he admitted that he was at the apartment complex, but claimed only to be the lookout. Of course, he did. I was just looking out, man. I didn't even know what they would do when a brother was in there. You only arrested me because I'm black. No, we're arresting you because you're guilty. Boogie on, boogie on, man. Boogie here. on before the fuzz gets here. <laughs> Which is why I love old Dirty Harry movies. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is from, um, oh, damn it. Just, it's a Dirty Harry movie. And they, they go to talk to, of course, Mustafa. Oh, yeah. At a uh, black-owned barbershop. And a bunch of black guys in there. And as soon as they walk in, oh, look, the fuzz is here. <laughs> <laughs> so they get the bantering back and forth and what have not. And the guys are making fun of his partner, who's a female. Don't worry, white boy. We'll take care of her. And he looks over. Looks over. That's mighty white of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love those. They're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brother. On August 22nd of 1977, Carlton escaped from the low security prison by sawing through the bars of his cell and hightailing it back home to Columbus, Georgia. Wow. Still a bad place for you, dude. Stay in New York. It was a little bit easier for you guys there in the 70s. Yeah, the I was going to say. On September 12th of 77, an elderly woman named Gertrude. I love that name. That's hot. Sorry, I need a moment. Oh, my God. It's my breath. Oh, Gertie. Oh, my anyway, gosh. Uh, he, she, sadly, she was uh, raped and strangled in her home in Whiten District of Columbus. I don't know where that district is. So anyway, at 10 a.m. on September 16th, police received a call asking for a welfare check because 59-year-old Mary Fern, that's what she went by, Jackson, that's a black name, power to the sisters, hadn't shown up for work that day. And they're like, where's that girl at, man? Like, she forget her lead press-ons. Is her lips ashy? <laughs> That's messed up, goddamn. That was messed up. She was Columbus's director of public health education. Presumably, they had tried calling her first, right? They're like, not oh, just yeah. some people. They're like, hey, what the hell, Fern? Pick up. And they're like, somebody needs to go check on her. Yeah. She had been raped, beaten, and strangled with a nylon stocking and a dressing gown cord, which wow. was still tied around her neck three times. Wow. As uh, and had left deep crevasses. So, wow. literature marks is what yeah. that should have been put on there. But, yeah, it's literature marks. The sternum had been fractured and her vagina was bloody, torn, and bruised. And semen was found on the sheets. Doesn't that tell you he's using a foreign object? That tells me that maybe... like Okay. So, I'm trying to remember because I had to take a, very, a few med classes. Uh, when it came to rape and things like that. And I did that as an elective, believe it or not. But anywho, um, you got to figure what would happen if your vagina, because you're an owner of a vagina, I'm assuming. I, I assume so, too. Okay. Last I checked. Last you checked. Cool. Yeah. Let's say that somebody tried to enter you 
With oh no yeah, lube. without yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how you do a determination of a rape kit because there's like I there's think a trauma, yeah. There's like six points of trauma or twelve or something. It's some points of trauma, yeah, and tearing and things like that. Right, and then it's a mucous membrane too, so it inflames easier and correct. Yeah, so no lube on a mucous membrane. Yeah, and something that's not ready to be to take anything into it. Right. You know, I'd imagine even putting a tampon in. You got there's some prep work. It's not easy. Oh no, you ain't lying. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, just well, what I'm I mean, I know this is kind of gross, but on women's cycles, after like the first day, it like it's dry. I imagine so. Yeah. So your hormones are all off. And yeah. Shit. Because at least in my life, this is the way it's gone for me. Like before, a woman is on her period, they're horny as hell. As hell. So there's like a lot of lubrication. Like they're like yeah. humping your leg. You're like they're leaving. And a when snail we're trail. pregnant, it's even worse. Oh yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I've got kids. I I know. <laughs> like. When before Jake was born, the doctor was sitting there going, "Okay, you guys gonna have because we, we went to the uh, the birthing center several times for uh, false labor. Was, Look, you guys are gonna have to help me out here. Try to induce. And she, okay, what can we do? Because I didn't know. And he goes, "Well, try strenuous exercise. Okay, try going for walks. Okay, try jumping up and down. Okay, try having sex. And then Heidi's like, really? Like for real? <laughs> she, she looking back. Mm-hmm. Guess who's banging the beach ball girl? <laughs> I know. Huh? I'm like, I don't want. Well, and a lot of guys are afraid to after a certain time because they're afraid they're going to hurt the child. Well, I'm sorry, that child is protected. No, he isn't. He had he, he had well, little dents on his forehead. I was going to say, is that why these Napoleon discovered America? <laughs> That's why Napoleon discovered America and why he had dents on his forehead. <laughs> Poor kid. My poor son. God damn. I love him to death. He puts up with so much shit, but he gets me. Anyway. Uh, okay. She had been raped and beaten. Corn. Okay, yeah. Strong, the semen on the sheets. Bloody. Okay. Although the house was ransacked, no valuables were actually taken. Hmm. Black coarse hair was found, which did not belong to the victim. Wow, you think? This was Barely a month after the son of Sam was apprehended, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. So it's on the tail end of that. So you know that everybody around the nation's on high alert. Oh, yeah. Because Berkowitz was a super high-profile case. He was a very super high-profile serial-killing case, yes. Right, and I think he's actually up for parole. Really? I, I, I heard something about that, or he does a podcast. I can't remember what the fuck he does. Does he really? Yeah, I'm going I'm to have to look at that. Anyway. I know. Nine days later, a few blocks away, 71-year-old Jean Dimenstein, retired wow. owner of a department store, was attacked in her home. She had previously expressed her fear resulting from the attacks of, uh, with her friends. The hinges of the door leading from the garage to the kitchen were removed. Wow. And one report says it was the front door hinges which were removed, but the kitchen door seems actually more logical. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. Like, if, yeah, because he wouldn't be so out in the open. Well, you have to think, man. You're, you're back in Georgia. And especially with the older ladies and older guys, oh, they yeah. all know each other. Everybody and does. People tend to know their neighbors a little bit better. So somebody's removing the front hinges from your door? Yeah. Somebody's going to be like, what the hell's that idiot doing? Mrs. Kravitz across the street is going to know. Oh, hell yeah. People are going to be coming <laughs> over there, especially in the seven. Boy, boy, what <laughs> yeah. do you think you're doing? Then they're going to be talking to Gene, you know? Mm-hmm. They're going to be talking to this lady going, uh, you know, hey, Gene. Did you hire this Negro to do this work? And she's like, no, I didn't even know he was out there. And yeah. then, unfortunately, Carlton probably wouldn't even make it to jail. 
I was going to say no. Because, you know, old ladies. <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay, G was found in a similar state as Gertrude. Her body was found covered by a sheet and a pillow. Wow. So police announced that the suspect was an African-American male. Well, about damn time. Yeah. The, spe- the suspect was referred to as the stalking strangler. Yeah. As all the victims were white, this raised a lot of racial tension. Oh, I'm sure it did. Mm-hmm. You got to figure, man, when you're talking, you're talking Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, and northern Georgia is the home of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, yeah. There's still Klan members there today. I was going to say, yeah. And in different parts of the U.S. But talking in the 70s when the Klan was still kind of strong. Yeah. And a bunch of elderly white women got attacked by a black male. Oh, yeah. They, would, they wouldn't even take the time to take him to jail. No. No, I'm telling you, man, if Carlton, if Carlton makes it to the end of this podcast and doesn't get hung from a tree, I'm honest yeah. to God, I'm going to be surprised. No, totally, because the early 70s is when they did have a lot of lynch mobs. Oh, tons. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the 50s all the way mm-hmm. through the 70s and even into the 80s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where, where was I? Okay. To augment the investigations, the governor assigned extra patrols by state sheriffs. That'd be okay. county sheriffs, it'd be state police, people, goddamn, to the Stocking Strangler Task Force. Dozens of agents from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and soldiers from Fort Benning, Georgia, also participated in the investigation. Sorry, Off- I was changing it. That's all good. Officers hid inside homes of women they thought would be the most likely targets. The crime terrified the public. Well-respected women were being raped and murdered within their own homes. Yeah, where you're supposed to feel safe. Right. I want to feel safe in my home. I'm pretty sure that everybody listening to this wants to feel safe in theirs, at least relatively, mm-hmm. you know? And no attempts were made to hide the crimes and left an air of being totally flaunted. Yeah. It's like this guy's going, yeah, you can't catch me. I'll do whatever I oh, want. Oh, yeah. And sales of locks and firearms, of course, skyrocketed. Yep. Like, they're through the roof. Everybody's like, we're buying a gun. You didn't like guns before, Margaret? And she's like, give me that three fifty seven, like, Dirty Harry. See, well, and that kind of shocks me because I thought everybody in Georgia, when they were born, instead of a pacifier, they had a gun in their hand. Most of us, yeah. Most, yeah. <laughs> On October 2nd, Jerome Levis was arrested for the raping and uh, brutal beating of his girlfriend, 55-year-old Patrice Breyer. Breyer. Beatrice. That's what I said, Patrice. Okay. That's yeah, Patrice. Okay. Obviously, you're not hearing it, but okay. <laughs> I said what you said. I You said what I said, and I said what you said, Patrice. Okay. So two children found her laying near the porch of a vacant house. Wow. She had been so badly beaten, she was unrecognizable and totally comatose. Oh, yeah. She's out like a light. She died about a week later. When officers went to the house where Patrice was living, her landlord suggested that they talk to her boyfriend. Guess who was walking down the street towards them? Ha, 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 ha. So upon seeing, upon the cops seeing Jerome, they said, he said, I didn't do it. I wasn't the one to hit her. 
I didn't beat her. Damn, man. And they're like, get in the back, Negro. Beat him. <laughs> Quit resisting. I ain't, ain't resisting. You're still resisting. And they're kicking him because they're white oh, cops. of course. Against the poor black men. Anyway. It's well, you're, 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 you're talking the 70s in the South, and it was jacked. Yeah. He's not making a joke. He's telling reality. It is. It's, it's pretty fucked up, you know? Yeah. While I am against Black Lives Matter movement, I don't think that anybody should be racist. That's just me. And I make racist jokes, but I'm still, I'm, anyway, I digress. I digress. I digress. The similarities of the crime uh, to those of the stocking strangler were enough for the investigators to believe they may have caught their killer. So on October 14th, police officially announced that Jerome was the suspect. And Jerome's all, suspect of what, motherfucker? I know, I didn't right? do shit, man. I'm sitting here just trying to enjoy some fried chicken and some watermelon. I got my big old glass of grape drink. And they, 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 they kicked me. Purple drink. That's Purple right. Purple drink. drink. Jerome confessed to the murders of Fern and Jean. What? And I'm pretty sure that it was a coerced I, I don't even think it was a coerced confession as much as a beaten confession. Yeah. It's the 70s, man. Yeah. Pretty sure they beat the ever loving fuck out of this poor guy. Yeah. And he had have said anything to get them to stop. Oh, hell yeah. I would, too. Like, seriously, if the roles were reversed and it was, you know, like the black oh, yeah. version of, well, say the Black Panthers, beating me, saying, you know you did it. Well, eventually, I'm a pretty tough guy. And I've I'm got a high pain tolerance. because I want you to stop. Yeah. Eventually... Uh, my son would be like, keep going, but harder. Now call me a dirty boy. No, no. Call me a dirty girl. Your son is the one that when we're walking through the store, I say, knock it off. I'm going to smack you. He'll go, I'll moan. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> he wants you to. <laughs> so I died. I died. Greg, <laughs> the public breathed a sigh of relief. The stakeouts called off. They're all, we got our man. Of course they did. Everybody can go home, right? This, this sigh, this sense of relief didn't last for very long, though. On October 20, 21st, 89-year-old Florence Schiebel, whom was almost blind and walked with a walker. No! This is fucked, man. Was found raped, beaten, and strangled in the same manner that the other stalking strangler victims had been found. You know, it makes you wonder if he did it just to say, ha-ha, you didn't get me. Dude, I had sympathy for Carlton at first. Yeah, now I'm not so much. And I'm not sure if he's alive or dead, but Carlton, kill yourself. Hang yourself. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you're you're harming 89-year-old women who are blind and walk with a walker. She Jesus. couldn't defend herself. That's jacked. Well, her son found her dead with a pillow uh. over her face and a stocking wrapped tight around her neck. It was just 10 days shy oh, of her sad. 90th birthday. Happy birthday to mom. No shit. God, Florence, I'm so sorry. You know who he's kind of reminding me of? Huh? Caesar Barone. Yes. This is like the the, yeah. the the black version of Caesar Barone. Yeah. And earlier. Totally. So, turns out Jerome Levis had been in jail at the time of the murders he had confessed to. Apparently, he was just one of those people who would confess to just about anything, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. As you're... Smacking the shit out of me. Yeah, and that's what I think happens. Yeah, but I digress. I mean, well, and I mean, like, I mean, I'm not going to make fun of disparage your great home state of Georgia, but we all know that. I mean, even to the, I mean, there's a reason why the song "The Lights Went Out in Georgia." 
Yeah. You there, know. There's a thing called Southern Justice. That's right. Well, and that, now it's different. Okay, now it's different yeah. because there's computers and right. well, there's still some small town shit that goes on. But um, you know, but talking the seventies, eighties, nineties. Oh yeah, and they took care of their own. Yeah, you take care of your own. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you got family in the Ku Klux Klan. I wouldn't know, but okay. I just have family in the Gestapo. <laughs> My dad, while he was a smart man, did highly believe in the Ku Klux Klan. Well, but he was raised that way. Yeah. It was, I we, mean. We, we were all raised super racist. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? Anywho, this is my favorite age. 69-year-old Martha Thurmond. Mm, love that. I wish to. Mm, Martha he wishes my house. he could. A retired teacher on October 25th in regards to the attacks uh, and her fears, Martha told her friends, we just have to wait and pray. We won't be, it won't be us next. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll put it in there. Oh, thank you. Won't be us next. On, on December 28th, Carlton struck again, raping and manually strangling 74-year-old Kathleen Woodruff. Wow. No stocking was found on the scene, though. She was strangled with a va- with a varsity football scarf. Now, where did the hell did he get a varsity football scarf? That could be from her son. Maybe maybe her son used to uh, play football. That could be. You know, and uh, and he had a football scarf. That could be. Or maybe she was a teacher. Oh, that could be too. Because we were just talking about yeah. good old Martha, who was sixty nine years old. Want to point that out? You know, maybe been one of her friends, and they're school teachers, and they support their school football team. Well, and that could totally be, too, because even back then, women were, you know. Which would all make sense, because all the victims, from what I'm seeing right here, yeah. live within blocks of each other. Yeah. It's like they're all part of the same knitting club and bingo. Yeah, they probably are. Yeah. You know, and going to church together and probably oh, yeah. the occasional clan meeting. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, because, you know. No. During that time, it was all men. Well, Yeah. Two months later, on February 12th of 78, Carlton attacked Ruth Schwab. Wow. I had to think about that one because we have Les Schwab here and it's spelt differently. (laughs) I know, but I was afraid you were going to go somewhere else with that, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, she woke up with a man with his hands around her throat. And as she struggled to fight him off, uh, and he, uh, so then he wrapped a stocking around her neck, of course. Mm -hmm. She managed to press a button. Which triggered a bedside alarm. Oh, is this the phone I can't get up button? No, it is now. <laughs> the alarm was simple in design and sounded off uh, at the door at the neighbor's house. Oh, next, the next door to the neighbor's, neighbor's house. house. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The neighbor called the police and officers arrived within minutes and could hear the sound of the attack through the open windows. Excitingly, they surrounded the house. Finally, they were going to catch him. When they reached the, her bedroom, however, he was gone. Oh, of course. He's like, he was like, adios, man. I got a, cut, I got a bucket of KFC and a watermelon and some grape drink waiting for me. Purple drink. Purple drink. <laughs> Carlton had somehow escaped down the alley uh, and two blocks later broke into a house where he raped and strangled again a 78-year-old woman by the name of Mildred Borum. That is so sad. With a cord from the blinds. Oh, yeah. We see. Uh, look, what's his name used to do that, too? Remember? Uh, Dean Coral. Yeah, Dean Coral. Mm-hmm. She was found in the hallway on the uh, on on her back. God 
on. Okay. I got it. Thank you. Uh, on her back with her face covered. It was evident she had been strangled for her life. She had struggled. Uh, struggled for her life as a lamp lay broken near her feet. Wow. So things became more and more complicated later in the month. When a man calling himself the chairman of the forces of evil. That is a fucking cartoon character. That's that what that is. That is an anti-hero. Yeah. In like a Spider-Man movie. Oh, my God. I would think that he should be like, I'm the chairman of the forces of evil, and I'm against the Hall of Justice. Yeah. You and, know? Okay, and what he threatens, is that really going to solve it? No kidding, man. Especially if you call yourself the chairman of the forces yeah. of evil. Yeah, I mean, That's... and then you do the, I mean, because we haven't said what he threatened yet, but you're not going to solve anything that way. And I'm pretty sure even in the 70s, they would look at him and go, you're the chairman of the forces of jackass. That's what you <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, you're, you're a moron. You're a chairman of the forces of you need a fucking straight jacket. Yeah, it's like um you need to go to the nut hut, buddy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he threatened to murder select black woman uh women if the stocking strangler was not stopped. So this turned out to be an African American male named William Henry Hence Hence stationed at nearby Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. Okay. Who was uh posing as a white radical vigilante group called the forces of evil i can't i can't even say that without doing that voice i know you kind of want to yeah almost like a like the you know the the stupid cartoons you and i watch the adult only cartoons meanwhile let the legion of doom (laughs) yeah Oh, my God. Anyway, that's what he's posed as. And this is these are letters that he sent into the cops. Of course. One of the letters to the police claimed a woman was being held by the forces of evil. By hence had already killed her. But, you know, but hence had already killed her. Wow. Though the goal was to draw attention away from his own murders, it essentially did the opposite. Of course. Hence was arrested on April 4th. And police hoped that he was the stock and strangler, but their hopes were dashed when 61-year-old Janet Koffer, Koffer, whom he murdered on the 20th of 1978, April 20th, she was discovered on her bed covered with linens and a pillow over her face. Wow. A bite mark appeared to, uh, yeah, appeared to have been left on her left breast. Wow. She had been raped and strangled with a stonking. Though she did not live in the Winton, 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 oh, whatever it is, she had attended Winton Methodist Church that evening. Oh, oh, okay. Because he's the chairman of the forces of evil. A week later, on April twenty seventh of seventy eight, Greenville, South Carolina experienced a string of armed robberies of restaurants near closing time. In one instance, the waitress said the gun wasn't loaded. Oh, okay. You can tell that? Cool. The crimes were attributed to the steakhouse bandit. He just wanted some food, yo. In, In December of 1978, following a similar robbery in Ganifee, South Carolina, Carrollton was arrested. He confessed and was sentenced to 21 years in prison for armed robbery and was transferred to minimum security prison in Columbia. Okay. That's still in South Carolina, by the way. I figured. 
He escaped custody again. Again. On March 15th of 83, he remained at large for a year before he was apprehended again at a hotel. This time, it's in Albany, but in Albany, Georgia. I figured. He was held as a fugitive from South Carolina and linked to the October 1977 robbery in Columbus. By then, new evidence had come to light, including a handgun which had been stolen from one of the crime scenes, used in the robberies, and was tracked back to a Jim Gary in Phoenix City. Should be Phoenix, not Phoenix. And by the way, Phoenix City is in Alabama. Is it? Yep. That's in Alabama. Jim told officers that he had purchased a gun for his nephew, Carlton Gary. Surprisingly, Carlton's fingerprints were found on the gun. There's a shocker. Wow. So these fingerprints also matched those found at previous murder scenes. Clearly, the police believe Carlton was the serial killer they had been looking for. It's about time. No shit. They've already man. pointed their finger at five million other men. Yeah, no kidding, man. It, it kind of reminds me of the zebra murders. Right. Where, where they're, you know, guilty of driving while black. <laughs> exactly. So overall, Carlton is alleged to have raped nine and murdered seven elderly women between 77 and 78 in Columbus. Wow. Known there as a stalking strangler in three of these cases, he was uh, convicted of beating, sexually assaulting, and strangling the victims, mostly by using stockings. Two of the survivors testified that he strangled them into unconsciousness before raping and or attempting to rape them. Because we're back in Georgia. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> the, the Georgia survivor uh, positively identified him as her attacker in court. But she had previously positively identified three other black men as her attacker and initially indicated that that it was too dark to tell what race the attacker was. Okay. Pause. Yep. I'm on that same note with you. Okay. First, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the whole, you know, that just like solidifies the whole racism thing right there because, you know, everyone looks alike. But... It's too dark to tell what race your attacker is. Really? What? No. no. Yeah. I'm asking, is, is that a possibility? It is, yeah. I, I, I can see that. Okay. You know, if it's super dark, you don't know if, if they're white true. or black or Yeah, and if they kind or... of attack you and you're not, they're not that close to you. Okay, I get that. Okay, never mind. One second. All right. Who are you texting? Jake. Oh, what's it say? Is he not out here? But he's not. So, any who's? Do, 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 do. Supervisor Prager, okay. Oh, I'm okay, where's Prager? So, Carlton's fingerprints were found at four of the crime scenes. He was uh, indicted on May 5th of 84 after three hour debate. In jury, uh, the jury convicted him on August 26th of 86. Okay, that's going to bug me until yeah, I me fix too. it. <laughs> and he was sentenced. We are so anal retentive. And he was sentenced to 
death oh, the very course. next day. It's Georgia. So Oh, the very next day. Yeah. Like, dude, Carlton, you're lucky they didn't hang you in the courthouse. Well, yeah, because usually day. it takes at least two months to have a, a sentencing or a punishment hearing in yeah. a capital murder case. Yeah, no. no not yeah, Georgia. No. Not they the ain't 80s. waiting for shit. They're lucky they didn't go, all right, take him to the gallows. Oh, when's that? Tomorrow, the next day? Now. Time's a-wasting. That's right. I got sweet tea and mint juleps to be drinking. <laughs> That's in Kentucky. No, mint juleps are a Georgia thing. Are they? I thought they were Kentucky Derby. Nope. Ah, my bad. In 1991, Deborah was found uh, with was with a friend, and they sent Carlton a Bible. She didn't know who he was or what he had uh, been convicted of. A few weeks later, he wrote a friend back and thanked her for the Bible. The friend. The friend. Yeah. Deborah says that uh, when she read the letter, she felt an instant connection. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw up. Here we go, right? Yeah, it's the serial killer groupies. But when Deborah read the letter to her friend, she felt an instant connection to him. So she wrote. Uh, she wrote him back a letter, right? Yeah. Both so the friend and her are writing letters, from what I'm surmising from this. Wow. Over the next five years, they bonded through their letters. When they finally met for the first time, she says it was like we already knew each other from the inside out. It was home. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Barf. <laughs> no, it just, I mean, because you and I have seen it before. They have, literally, they are serial killer groupies out there. I mean, let's yeah. not even talk about the one who married Ted Bundy when he was on death row. No, that's true. That's I mean, true. what are you going to get out of that? <clears throat> or the ones who have married the Menendez brothers. Well, get this. She asked him to marry her. Of course she did. And they married in 1996. Now, Carlton wore white like a virgin. Like Betty, a virgin. Betty wasn't. Hey! Raping for the well, very first time. And he's time. in prison. A black man <laughs> in prison for rape. You know he wasn't. Nope. In any way, shape, or form. Yeah. He was He was spreading the love in a different way. Anyway, they toasted with sparkling apple cider in plastic cups and had a vending machine wedding cake. Oh, which means they had Twinkies or Ding Dongs. <laughs> I bet you he got a Ding Dong. No, probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah, later. <laughs> Carlton would go on to adopt Deborah's six-year-old daughter. Oh, no. What the hell is wrong with people, man? So, of course, there's some controversy behind oh, this. Oh, of course there is. I, I, I'm already controversial about this bullshit. Yeah. There have been questions raised regarding Carlton's conviction. Really? Investigated journalist David Rose wrote in his book how Carlton's lawyer attempted to argue he did not have enough time to properly prepare a defense for Carlton. Which may have been true. Okay, it might be true. But I'm still thinking there's fingerprints everywhere and you found the fucking gun. Yeah. But still, I mean, he's still allowed the process, due process. No, and, I agree. Yeah, I agree. in a capital murder case, I mean, because there's this case I'm looking into in California where they literally arrested him, and we talked about it with Charles Anthony Boyd. Right. They arrested him, and they convicted him within six months. That's true. And well, it's like, you're still allowed due process. You cannot properly defend a capital murder case in that amount of time. Well, check this out. They were also denied state funding to pursue their own investigation. Which, that is bullshit. 
that's messed up, right? Yeah. And this was because when the lawyer agreed to take on the case pro bono, he dismissed the court-appointed attorney. Uh. So he's got an outside attorney who's doing this pro bono. Right, but... Wait, that makes no sense. So, well, oh, hold on. Oh, okay, it so, does. It okay, does. No, because so the, the pro bono guy was not his court appointed. Right. So therefore, the state wasn't going to pay him anyways. Well, he also had two other lawyers working on the case as well. Holy fuck. So basically, here's my brain. You have a total of three lawyers. One's doing it pro bono. I think the other two are probably having to make some money off of it. Well, so actually, you, what I'm thinking is the other two attorneys work for the guy who's doing it pro bono, and they're all working on it together. That's fine, but if they're willing yeah. to, you know, do that, step it up. Yeah. You know? Well, and whether he dismissed his court-appointed or not, the, the pro bono lawyer dismissed the court-appointed lawyer or not, he was still considered a court-appointed attorney because he was defending an indigent man. Okay, I'll give it that. Well, so, check this out. There was also some evidence, though, that Carlton's fingerprints were not considered a match uh, the cri- to, to match the crime scene fingerprints until seven years later. Oh, oh, shit. When the case was reexamined. This that- is in spite of Carlton having been printed just one year after the murder. And at the time when all the prints in the uh, U.S. were compared to to prints found at crime scenes. Right, because that was right around the time they implemented APHIS. Right. Yeah. Not APHIS, the car rental company. No, APHIS with an F. Or APHIDS. They eat your plants. David also brings up the issue of Carlton's interview. Allegedly, his so-called confession was not recorded, nor was any note taken, and Carlton's confession was later written by a police officer days after the interview. Wow. From his own recollection. Oh, no, that's fucked up. That's a dismissal right there. That is grounds for a dis- uh, uh, mistrial. Mistrial, yes. yeah. And dismissal. Yeah. That's just, that. that's too much. Yeah. I anyway. mean, they wouldn't dismiss it with prejudice. They would do it without prejudice so they could retry it. But, yeah. But still, you can still bring up that confession oh, that was yeah, written by totally. an officer. Still going to get thrown out. That's still bullshit. When submitted as evidence, the confession was unsigned and undated, and Carlton denied having ever made it. Um, Well, and I kind of believe him. Because if it was a true confession, whether the guy wrote it or not, you have to have them sign it. They even make you sign a card that says they get, you know, they say, have you signed the Miranda card? Yeah, I know. I've had to sign that a few times. (laughs) I may have been arrested once or ten times. Yeah. Some people don't believe me when I tell them that. I'm like, no, literally, they have you sign it to make sure you know what they're doing. Uh Uh-huh. So David also claims Carlton's semen did not match that of the perpetrators. Okay. Furthermore, a cast made from a bite, the bite wound on the victim allegedly does not match Carlton's bite mark pattern, although this could be explained by the dental work he had done while in prison after the murders had occurred. See, I was going to ask if he had crowns or veneers done. Yeah, because that would alter it. So Dave Rose's book also links uh, prosecutors, judges, and police who worked on the case to a whites-only organization called the Big Eddie Club. Do you know them? No. Have you heard of them? That's what KKK I meant to say. Thing. Let's just call a fucking, let's call a spade I know. a spade. I was going to say, that's just a, that is just putting lipstick on a fucking pig. Yeah. <laughs> Whose members have a familiar history of racism and lynching. Oh, that's wait. That's the KKK. KKK. <laughs> KKK. Jesus. 
Why not just call it the clan? I don't care what no you call it the clan. Like I said, lipstick on a pig. The boots, the blueprints found at Schwab's residence were allegedly a size 10. And Carlton states he wears a size 13 and a Which half. Which is easily provable. Yeah, very easy. Because you can't fit a 13 and a half in a size 10. I, I know. I've put my foot into many people's asses. Anyway, in 2007, Gary was positively linked through DNA to the rape and murder of 40-year-old Marion Fisher. Okay. Okay, so that one's legit, it sounds like. Yeah, Marian, the one in New York, yeah. Yeah, Marion was raped and murdered after leaving a bar in Nedro, New York, mm-hmm. in 1975. The prosecutor of Onondaga County, New York... Uh, Declined to charge Gary since he was already on death row and, and extraditing him would present an escape risk. And that's fair, you know, seeing um, he's escaped yeah. before. You know that what I mean? That would be like trying to, I don't know, put Carl Pandram in a minimum security facility. You know? Stay home because you're a prisoner of your home. We're going to just trust you and walk away. Yeah, that's right. Just. You be good now, you hear? <laughs> so, on December 1st, 2009, the Supreme Court refused to hear Carlton's latest appeal, which cleared the way for his execution date to be set. I mean, when there's obvious discrepancies like that and obvious miscarriages of justice, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Whether neither. he committed the crime or not, he is still allowed due process. I agree. On December 4th, the court set the execution date for the 16th of that month. Oh, shit. Damn. One day before his scheduled execution, the State Board of Pardons and Paroles denied a request to stay of execution. Wow. On December 16th, only only hours before his execution, the Georgia's Supreme Court halted the execution in order. That's execution order. Yeah. Uh, Execution. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, tell her to fucking monitor this shit. Spell check! No kidding. This is so a hearing could be held to determine whether the DNA test should be conducted to determine Carlton's guilt or innocence. This was because DNA testing during the initial trial was very limited. Yeah. The results were inconclusive as the lab performing the test discovered some of the samples were contaminated. Of course they were. Thus making the results unreliable. Yeah. Carlton's supporters believe this uh, indicates he was not the attacker. Well, and it begs the question of why were they not stored properly? Because in a capital murder case, there's always the possibility that DNA testing will be ordered. Can I tell you why? Because he's black. It's the 70s, it's the early 80s, yeah. and he's black. Yeah. No, I mean... That's, that's why. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just what gets me, because look at all the cases. I mean, we talked about it with the Golden State Killer. Remember, because he committed his crimes in the 70s, too, before right. DNA, before anything like that. The only thing they could tell by the DNA was the blood type. And correct. whether they were uh, something A, B, secrete, or whatever. Correct, correct. Yet they kept those DNA samples on file... I mean, properly stored in the event that technology advanced. And he was a white dude. And Yeah, but they didn't know that. They know it now. Anyway, Carlton supporters believe uh, this indicates he was not the attacker. Got that? Yeah. Those who believe uh, in his guilt point out the other evidence uh, and that some of the DNA was a match. Okay, but 
Was we, it really his DNA or was it planted? Well, and that's what I'm wondering because yeah. earlier it said that his DNA didn't match any of the victims. Except for that one in New York. Except for the one in New York. Yeah, so which makes you wonder if they planted it. And I'm not saying they did, but it begs the question. It, I agree. You know, on February 23rd of 2018, a new execution date was set for March 15th of 2018. So they're fucking moving quick, right? And before his execution, Colton pled with Carlton. I'll fix Carlton, it. sorry. No, she uh, does say Colton. Yeah, no. I was going to say, let me fix it. Carlton uh, pled with reporter Jessica Knowles saying, I want people to know you got me wrong. What they're telling the public is not the whole story. When that date rolled around, coincidentally, 35 years exactly from when he escaped from jail, Carlton Gary was executed by lethal injection. He declined wow. to make any final statement and died at 10.33. And here's a final thought on this. It's clear that uh, Carlton was a steakhouse bandit. He never denied that. However, as we've been talking about, I don't think either of us believed that he was really the stalking strangler. I don't believe he was responsible. I'm not going to say he didn't do any of them because obviously he did that one in New York. Right. But I don't believe he was responsible for all of them. You know what I, I mean? I don't think he was responsible for the stranglings. Even in though Georgia. The one that, in Georgia. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not his victimology. The girl he did in New York was 35. Correct. That's what I was going to bring up, too, is all these other women were well into their their silver years. Correct. You know, and if you go from a 35-year-old woman to a 55-year-old woman, that is a giant leap in victimology. Right. And now you're going 60, 70. Yeah. 80, 80 90. Close to damn 90. Yeah. No, it's not the right victimology. It's not at all. You know. And. Uh, People do not jump their victimology like that. They might keep, like, for instance, because we've seen this happen. For instance, like, if I'm in my, if the guy's in his 20s and kills people that are in their 20s, as he gets older in his 30s, he still victimizes people his same age. Correct. Correct. That, you that's know? the victimology. Yeah. He's not going to go from a 35-year-old to a 90-year-old in two years. No, and I agree. 100%. And there's a side note in here that says, why do you think that the murder stopped uh, after his final arrest? Well, it's really easy. I think that if... I don't believe he did it, and I think the real killer finally realized, hey, man, two people have already been popped for this. Yeah. It's only well, a matter of yeah. time. If I don't leave totally. this alone, they're going to let this guy go, which leaves me back under suspicion. Right. And we've seen it before, too. I mean, look at how long the Golden State Killer was dormant. Look mm -hmm. at how long the Grim Sleeper, well, they don't think he was as dormant as long as they thought he was, but we've seen that before. That right. Once they think that the heat is on, they'll they'll ghost. They'll stop. Well, it, it could have been something also as simple as or he, he died. That too, or he's already in jail for something else. Yeah. He might, he might be sitting in prison for something yeah. else. We don't know. Totally. I mean, you never know. Um... Yeah, I d like I said, I don't think he's the one that killed the older women. Yeah, you know, at first, I was like, I know yeah. we, were, we were feeling sorry for him, then we hated him. Now I really think he got the raw end of the deal. I, I think he got screwed, man. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's no bueno. I mean, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't have, but then it was the 70s, too, about his IQ level and stuff like that. That's the other thing I was just now going to bring up, is that they don't mention anything about a psychic vow. Yeah. Anything like that, and given that... He didn't yeah. have the greatest education. Yeah, he didn't have the education. He had head injuries. He had uh, 
I mean, lack of nutrition growing up, neglect from his parents growing up, that is all going to stunt your emotional health. And your your mental development. Yeah, your mental development and your emotional health. Yeah, 100%. So chances are, and I'm just spitballing here, that his IQ was probably below 100, if not lower. I would agree. You know? I and would I think agree. that that alone would have made him susceptible to being um, wrongly convicted because he wouldn't know how to what to do to defend himself because he doesn't know the steps to take, you know? Right. It's a, it's it comes down to that. Well, we said you know. Uh, yeah. There's cognitive, but anyway, your reasoning ability is go. Okay, I can prove that I'm innocent because da da da. Right, or they're just going to believe that I'm innocent because I didn't do it. Right. You know, and they don't comprehend that it's like, it doesn't matter what you say. It, it It's a matter of what they already believe. Correct. Because if they think you did it, they will bend over backwards to try to prove it. Right, because they don't want to say that they're wrong. Exactly. That's Again. Again, yeah. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, remember you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, just type in at Brutal Nation. We'll pop right up. Also, take a little peeky peek at our YouTube channel. We really need some more followers going on there. Help us out a little bit, if you would. We, we would like that quite a bit. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. If you're hearing this on anybody else's page, they're lying, thieving bastards. We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>